last few weeks you know we have been studying the characteristics of the early church we found the early church was a learning church we found the early church was a united church a church where the miracle working power of God was seen and it was a sharing church they were able to share their possessions with one another it was a church that was giving to the work of God a church where the fear of God came upon the people as they saw the supernatural power of God in the early church you know, last week we saw the early church was a persecuted church you know persecution we found out persecution is biblical and Bible talks about persecution and especially the early church they have gone through a tremendous amount of persecution we talked about four main causes for the persecution persecution came from the religious you know, background persecution came from the social background persecution also came upon the church from the political point of view and the economic point of view we discussed that in detail last week we also talked about the impact the persecution made on the early church you know as a result of the persecution first of all the church was purified they were made so strong in their faith and secondly we found the word of God spread everywhere you know, due to persecution people were scattered to different regions parts of the globe and wherever they went they started preaching the gospel and the movement Jesus movement spread across the land and thirdly we saw church was waiting for the coming of the Lord you know early believers they couldn't go through the persecution the persecution was so much and so tough and hard you know they all they were all just longing for the coming of the Lord in order to escape from the persecution and today we are going to conclude this series you know and as we as we you know we, we took enough time the last few weeks to understand the characteristics and the qualities of the early church and I thought today we will conclude because now next week onwards we can start meditating upon the cross right as we are very close to the Good Friday and the Easter let, let's uh, let's switch the gear to you know study more about or to meditate more about the cross so today we are going to conclude um, this series as we are as we analyze the last characteristics of the early church we found the early church was a learning church and the united church miracle working church a sharing church a giving church a god-fearing church and a persecuted church finally the early church was also a growing church the early church was also a growing church you know, let's look at some of the scriptures where the growth of the early church is seen or mentioned in the word of God. Let's turn our Bible to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. We are talking about early church was a growing church. Word of God says 3,000 got added to the church. Let's move on to Acts chapter 4 
verse 4 Acts chapter 4 verse 4 Word of God says However many of those who heard the word believed And the number of the men came to be about 5,000 So we talked about 3,000 in 241 And we see 5,000 in 4.4 Let's move on to Acts chapter 5 verse 14 Acts chapter 5 verse 14 Word of God says And believers were increasingly added to the church Multitudes of both men and women So believers were increasingly added That shows the church was not just stopping its growth at 5,000 Initially it was 3,000 and then 5,000 Now we see the, the, the believers were increasingly added to the church Let's read 6 Acts chapter 6 verse one. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying Word of God says the number of the disciples were multiplying In Acts 5.14 Word of God says multitudes of both men and women were increasingly added You know we see an addition there But in chapter 6 verse 1 says they were just multiplying you know there is a difference They were initially added Now the church was just multiplying You know it was having a kind of exponential growth Is what the word of God is talking about So initial church or the early church Was a church which was growing You know the growth of the early church Can be just measured by the number of people attending the church Even though word of God talks about The number of people they were getting added Or multiplied to the church But I believe the growth of the early church Just can be measured Just by adding the number of people Those who are participating The growth of a church Can be measured by the size of the building either the growth of the church can be measured by looking at the bank balance You know sometimes people think that their church is well to do Their church is huge, big because they have a huge money in the bank on the name of the church So I don't think it can be measured that way The growth of a church can be measured by knowing how much they spend out for the community program Or the social activities You know people set different you know, goals or different ways Ways of measuring the size of the church today They go by the number of people participating They go by the size of the building They go by the bank balance And they go by uh, you know, the programs and activities they are involved in Then how do we measure the growth of a church? How can we measure the growth of the church? I believe the church growth can be measured By the impact it makes in the lives of the believers to make them follow Jesus Christ or to make them as disciples you know the growth of the church can be seen how much or how involved the church is in making disciples you know that's where we find the growth of the church I also believe the church growth can be measured by the impact that it makes in the society or the community to draw the ungodly people towards Christ you know it is good that many people gather and they go But then what kind of impact as a church we are making in the community To convert people into Christ followers I also believe church growth can be measured 
by increasing the number of people who are studying the word of God you know I thank God for the programs that we have to study the word of God we have the Bible study you know do you believe there are no there are many churches they don't study the Bible there are many churches they don't take time to study the word of God the growth of the church can be seen by how involved people are studying the word of God because we know early church was a learning church early church was a studying church church growth can also be measured by the number of people who are involved in fasting and praying you know how many people are coming for the prayer how many people are coming for the fasting and praying you know that also defines the number the, the, the actual size of the church you know in many churches many big churches if you go and look at the fasting prayer there are hardly few people sitting there they have come for the fasting and prayer so church growth cannot be just measured by you know who are who is coming and going but instead it can be measured by people who are dedicated committed to the word of God and for prayer church growth can also be measured by a deeper commitment of the believers to follow Jesus you know it is a commitment that comes from the people or the believers to closely follow Jesus you know how many of them want to follow Jesus Christ very closely you know that defines the size or the you know, the number of the church it also we can say the ability of the believers to withstand the trials and the persecutions you know early church they withstood all the trials and persecutions they have gone through you know if they would not have stand stood for the uh, during their persecution probably this word of God would not have reached our hands probably the saints of God would not have reached you know in different lands of the globe it all happened because they were just growing not just in number alone but they were internally growing their love and their adoration to God you know it was it was so strong their faith was so strong even at the midst of the trials and persecution they could withstand you know that defines the number or the size of the church and I would say in general the size of the church can cannot be measured on this earth it can be measured only when we go to heaven only when we go to heaven we will look at okay he belongs to that church and she belongs to the other church it is good that you know they, they were just living godly and they are they are ending up you know in coming back to heaven coming to heaven so we will know the real size of any church today what we see on this earth when we go to heaven we will find out what is the real size of any church on this earth the early church word of God says it was a growing church you know someone said like like this every church needs to grow warmer through the fellowship every church needs to grow deeper through discipleship and every church need to grow stronger through worship and every church needs to grow larger through evangelism right so it says you need to become warmer you know we need to always feel that we are accompanied by somebody else by having the fellowship with each other we need to grow deeper 
in the walk with Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, that makes us a disciple. We need to grow stronger as we worship the Lord. We receive the strength of God. And we need to grow larger as we involve ourselves in evangelism. The early church had all these characteristics required for growth. You know, it was constantly a learning church. It was having a proper fellowship. It was worshipping church. That's why the power of God was seen in the early church. And it was also speaking or spreading the word of God boldly to the ungodly generation. So it was growing in all the dimension. We see a perfect growth in the early church. You know, today I want to share with you some of the reasons for the growth of the early church. Probably just one reason, because that is the whole reason. The early church was going through a time of revival. There is no doubt about it. You know, today Dan was worshipping and he was saying, Lord, send revival. Send revival to our church. What does it mean to say send revival? And we see in the book of Acts, if you read at least first few chapters, we clearly see there was a great revival going on in the early church. So we need to find out what was the reason for that revival. I happened to read uh, one of the articles written by Charles Finney. Charles Finney was considered as the greatest revival preacher. And he says, he says there are two kinds of means required to promote revival into any church setup. And he says, one, number one, to influence man. Number two, to influence God. There are two things are required to promote, to bring revival to a church. One is to influence men and second to influence God. You know the truth is preached to influence men. No, we need to preach the gospel so that they can hear and they will have faith in God. So the number one is we need to influence or we need to preach the gospel. And secondly, when we say move, we need to influence God, we are not trying to change his mindset. We are not trying to change the mindset of God. But prayer, when we pray, prayer makes us consistent with God. And it helps us to listen from him. You know, when we pray... When we say we need to influence God, we are not trying to change Him, but instead, when we influence, when we pray to God, the prayer is going to change our own lives. And prayer is going to make such an impact in our lives that we are consistent with God and we will be able to listen from God. We will listen, we will hear the voice of God. You know, when a sinner repents, you know, he is brought into a particular setup, a state of mind. He knows that he is in need of repentance and that's where we see the forgiveness of God is given into his life. And in the same way, when we need revival in the church, you know, our mind needs to be set in a proper way so that we are ready for to receive the revival. Or we are ready to listen to the voice of God and to do things what God wants us to do. That's, that's, what, that's what he says. He also talks about a spirit of prayer. He talks about a spirit of prayer. He says a revival may be expected when Christians have a spirit of prayer for a revival. You know, early church was a growing church and there was a great amount of revival going on in the early church 
and we see here there are two reasons two ways that revival can come to a church so that we our church can grow the first reason is we need to influence men we need to go and evangelize we need to go and spread the word of God secondly we need to influence God in prayer you know what constitutes a spirit of prayer I just want to read that what he says as it is what constitutes a spirit of prayer is it many prayers and warm words no he says prayer is the state of the heart the spirit of prayer is a state of continual desire and anxiety of mind for the salvation of sinners he says the spirit of prayer is continuous desire continuous anxiety for the salvation of sinners it is something that weighs them down it is something that is so heavy upon us you know we all want to see sinners getting saved we all want to see people coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ knowing Jesus Christ because we need to have that awareness that you know if they don't accept Jesus Christ they will eventually go to hell you know that deep awareness in our mind that's what he is talking about and that should come as a heavy weight upon our lives it is the same so far as the philosophy of minds is concerned as when a man is anxious for some worldly interest when we are you know very very much keen on buying something we do anything that we want to you know do for it it takes time it takes effort or we need to earn more money we will do all these things because we want to achieve something you know we need to have that kind of desire when we look at somebody who is living in their sins we need to draw them closer you know to God we need to have that kind of desire strong and heavy desire in our lives a Christian who has the spirit of prayer feels anxious for souls you know that is something which is important every one of us need to ask I ask that question within me am I really anxious about souls for souls am I really worried about somebody is living in their sin or I just I don't really look at I will just look at only my things am I really focusing on you know somebody who is going through tough times in their lives am I worried about if they die today where they will end up where their soul whether they are saved whether they are their soul is sealed and protected in Jesus Christ am I worried about it that's what he is talking about a Christian who has the spirit of prayer feels anxious for souls it's not just praying it's not just fasting alone are we worried about are we anxious for souls it is the subject of his thoughts all the time every time we think about it and makes him look and act as if he had a load on his mind that's what he's talking about the spirit of prayer every time we think about it every time we talk about it you know in our actions in our activities you know that will be seen you know there are so many things I'm trying to correct you know, I'm trying to bring those disciplines in my life I'm sure the same with you too you know every minute are we burdened with those things as we see that's happening in this world and he says he thinks of it by day the one who is having the spirit of prayer he think about it by day every day and he dreams of it by night and this is properly uh, this is this is properly praying without ceasing when word of God says 
pray without ceasing it doesn't stop at the church it doesn't stop at our bed you know every minute that deep desire and that burden and that heaviness need to be within us and his prayer seems to follow seem to follow from his heart liquid as water he's saying my heart is pouring out like a water it's just flowing like a water and it says oh lord revive thy work revive the church you know that kind of desire is what is talking about the one who carries the spirit of prayer you know sometimes he also says sometimes this feeling is very deep persons have been bowed down so that they could neither stand nor sit when the spirit of prayer comes upon somebody you know we need to move into the tram very soon there is not much time we need to get into that kind of prayer mode you know where we pray as the spirit of God you know spirit of prayer gives us you know burden more and more burden to pray this is by no means enthusiasm or emotional it is just the burden that God gives to us it is just what Paul felt you know when Paul was writing in Galatians 4:19, he's saying my little children of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you you know Paul had that kind of pain that kind of labor pain he was going through in his life by looking at the church by looking at the people and here the man of God says we need to have that kind of pain in our lives when we look at the situation of the church when we look at the situation of the world around us you know when this feeling exists in a church we will see conversion of sinners to God until conversion, conversion of sinners happened the church cannot grow the church cannot grow and I was just thinking about it how can we how our church can grow and I started believing that you know our church cannot grow you know by, by bringing other Christians into the church our church has to grow by you know getting you know sinners those who need conversion those who need Jesus Christ we need to bring them you know some sometimes we think about okay if that we need we keep somebody's mind you know they belong to the other churches we think that oh that person person may come and join us in our church but it doesn't happen it's like you know someone was saying that it is like you have two aquarium you know you have seen aquarium where fishes are you know swimming it is like transferring one fish from one aquarium to the other aquarium right so we cannot think about church in that way you know that that's what we need to believe none of the people those who are we are seeing may not be of our own people they may or may not be part of this church but there are people who are not seen yet there are people outside whom we have not reached it and I know we need to grow to a level where we when we go and reach them and they belong to God they be, turn their lives and they give their life to God and we need the spirit of prayer the reason for the growth of the early church was nothing other than the spirit of prayer upon them and I to believe what Finney says here you know it is correct because you know we may say that we need this and that you know today we may say that we need another building we need another place we need a ground level church you know then we will become we will flourish or we may say that we need more people and we may say that we need more you know people to play the instruments and do the worship and we need more instruments or we may say we need better comfortable chairs it's all true it's all true 
and you know when we look into that some of them are really needed to support our ministry or some of them may be our excuses they may not even need it but what we need instead is the spirit of prayer that was seen that what what was seen in the early church for our church to revive for our church to grow we need that spirit of prayer we need to be burdened with the spirit of prayer you know our hearts need to become heavy you know not with the worldly cares but instead our hearts need to become heavy with the spirit of prayer you know we need to ask for that kind of spirit of prayer in the midst of us I just want to go back and see how prayer is integrated with some of the characteristics of the church we have seen earlier. You know, they were a learning church. The early church was a learning church as prayer revealed God's word to them. They were waiting, they were praying, and as they were praying, God's word was revealed to them and they became a learning church. They were a united church. The early church was a united church as prayer made them to die for themselves and the unity just came into picture as they were just giving their time devoting them their time in prayer they just you know came to a situation they were just denying themselves no they no more nobody wanted to live for themselves anymore they were just willing to give their possessions the prayer was integrated into it early church was a miracle working church as they prayed more miracles were happening they were a sharing church as prayer brought them together always you know when we pray together there we are always together we are praying together and you know they started sharing their possessions they were giving to God it was a giving church as prayer you know taught them the sacrifice sacrifice that is needed they started giving the work of God sacrificially you know if we need to pray today we need to sacrifice we need to sacrifice our time our comfort the time we spend with our family everything need to be sacrificed in order to pray and they learned the sacrifice what they need and as they learned more and more they started giving to the work of God sacrificially you know they were a God fearing church because prayer was continuously going on in the church supernatural things started happening in the church and they became you know fearful of God they just started fearing God it was a persecuted church because of the prayer they could withstand all the persecution they were going through and it was a growing church because they were also a praying church you know prayer is an ingredient it's an it's the only ingredient that can make a church to become like an early church only a praying church can grow you know that is the reason I admire the, the, the sisters those who are coming on Thursday and they are just pouring their time pouring their uh, effort in this place you know just crying out to God you know as if they have labor pain they just scream and cry out to God and ask God to bless ask God to send a revival ask God to open our eyes ask God to fill us with the spirit of prayer you know when we do this I am sure it's just a little fire that is ignited in this prayer as we continue to do this you know we will start seeing changes in our lives you know we don't need to worry about you know the current situation all that we I see foresee is what God has in place for us you know we need to and you know we need to just go and possess those things so in order to go there 
we need to prepare ourselves and we need to wait upon the Lord in prayer and ask God Lord give me the spirit of prayer so that I may intercede and I may pray only such prayer can bring such a revival in any church only such revival can bring people so that people will be added and multiplied to the church you know we are not just talking about a big church a mega church where millions are going there no we are not talking about it we are talking about a church where people come and they will be converted to disciple into a to a disciple the, you know where discipleship it is practiced discipleship is taught and practiced they will become followers of Jesus Christ and they will become effective witness wherever they go out and serve in the community the early church was a growing church as they prayed I want to just quickly give some references to know that early church was a praying church and we can close it is important as we are you know trying to conclude this series to keep our minds you know bring our focus into the only key element of the early church that was prayer you know they prayed for everything they prayed for everything they prayed for you know guidance when the apostles were cho- chosen you know uh, apostle was chosen to replace Judas you know what of God says they prayed in Acts 1 let's go to Acts chapter 1 verse 24 to 25 Acts chapter 1 verse 24 and 25 and they prayed and said you O Lord who know the hearts of all show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place you know when they were about to identify one individual in the as a replacement for Judas word of God says and they prayed and they prayed you know why it was specifically said that they prayed because it was a praying church you know they 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 took or they identified one individual in the place of the apostle it was a very key decision that they had to take and they just prayed about it they prayed and asked for God's guidance you know they also prayed for God's strength God's power in Acts 4 31 scripture says and when they had prayed let's read that Acts chapter 4 31 and when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness you know when they were praying together word of God says literally that place was shaken that place was shaken it was a church they were just praying to see the power of God in their lives they were also praying for their leaders or instead the the leaders of the church they were praying in Acts chapter 6 verse 4 says there we see the commitment from the leadership to you know to stay in prayer and here the apostles are saying but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word any for any minister of God you know this is these two are the only work only activity they need to be involved like the early apostles continually giving them their time for prayer and to the ministry of word it was a praying church Acts 6 verse 6 here we see even when they were dedicating some people there for the ministry and they were praying 
and verse 5 uh, you know in verse 5 we read they were just appointing some people you know to support in the ministry verse 6 says whom they set before the apostles and when they had prayed they laid hands on them we see even when they dedicate something to God when the lives are brought into the presence of God the early church was praying in Acts chapter 14 verse 23 we see again and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting they commanded them to the Lord on whom they believed Acts 14:23 in Acts 13:3 again we see Acts 13:3 and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them they sent them away to go into the into, to minister you know prayer was an ingredient what internal part of the early church prayer of dedication what about intercession when Peter was kept in prison you know the church was earnestly praying interceding for Peter we read the next 12 5 prayer of intercession early church was a praying church in the midnight when Paul and Silas they were in prison word of God says they prayed Acts 12 5 sorry Acts 16 25 they prayed and they sang songs and worshiped God and we see the miracle of God Acts 16 25 prayer was seen everywhere in the church when Paul was leaving Ephesus the church at Ephesus especially when we, he was having a meeting with the leadership knewing that he, he knew that very well that he is not going to come back again to see them in his lifetime and we see the kind of commitment or the you know the kind of uh, commitment he is making in prayer we can read that in Acts 20 36 Acts 20 36 and when he had said these things Paul knelt down and prayed with them all you know every minute every step every decision we see the prayer was the ingredient of the early church the early church was a growing church as it was continuously praying for everything you know that's what God expects in our lives that's what God expects in our church too he wants us to pray more you know nothing else we can do other than praying and continuously knocking at the door of God you know today we may think that you know we may think that we can minister to people and they will find the grace of God we may think that we can preach the word and they will just listen to the word and then give their life to Jesus but you know unless if it is all backed up with prayer unless it is all backed up with prayer I have I was reading somewhere when one one minister of God I think it, it, it is a church it was a church some visitor came there and to see the church to participate and you know what the minister told to him come I will take you to the powerhouse of the church and he was so disappointed I want to see the church and this church worship how is it and he is taking that he's saying that he will he's going to take me to the powerhouse of the church and he went through you know, uh, went through a few st stairs down to the to the basement or to the ground level to the, to the lower level of the church he took them and he was so disappointed and he thought he is going to see show him a room where you know we see boilers and we see the power generation happening and all these things that's what he, he's, he was just worried why he is taking me to show all these things 
and he went there and he just opened the door and he showed 200 believers just praying you know for the worship service you know that was the powerhouse of the church you know that's what God expects in our church to become a prayer church praying church when we pray and when we start doing things we will see the mighty move of God in our lives you know for any revival took place if we go back and turn the history we will see the complete dedication there are lives were sacrificed in prayer in prayer you know we see revival coming as a result of it the early church was a praying church and we see God moving through the early church in a mighty way and today God wants to put that spirit of prayer in every one of us you know I don't have any doubt about it God wants to give us that spirit of prayer to every one of us I see I listen some of the intercessory prayer our sisters are praying you know they are just filled with the spirit of prayer you know the, the way they pray the way they cry out to God the way they sacrificially you know they're just living their life out over there for the benefits of somebody else or for for the sake of God's kingdom you know they are carrying the spirit of prayer every one of us need to carry the spirit of prayer today I read about John Knox when he was in his sick bed John Knox was the founder of the Presbyterian Church from in Scotland he called his wife in his sick bed in his deathbed he called his wife and said read me the scripture where I first cast my anger it means read me the scripture which first brought into this ministry into the walk into the closer walk with God read me that scripture and after he listened to the beautiful prayer that Jesus recorded in uh, in John chapter 17 as he was praying for his disciples he seemed to forget all his pain and weaknesses and he began to pray he began to intercede earnestly for his fellow workmen he prayed for the ungodly who had thus until now rejected the word of God in spite of he preaching the word of God there are many they rejected the word of God he started praying he pleaded in uh, you know on behalf of the people who got converted recently into Christian Christians into Christianity and he also requested protection for those Lord's servants those as they were going through persecution at that point of time and as John Knox prayed his spirit went home to be with the Lord the man of whom Queen Mary has said I fear the prayers of John Knox more than an army of 10,000 men you know he was such a man of prayer you know I'm sure God is calling every one of us especially this church to walk into the time of prayer to get into the realm of prayer where we can you know just hold on to God we just hold on to the throne of grace and ask God to send revival to our nation to our church you know our individual prayers our prayer lives has a greater influence in the you know prayer life of the church as members of the body God expects us to strengthen our prayer let's pray more than we do
earlier let's pray more than we plan things you know many times we plan so many things but then we don't pray about it but we don't see you know anything happening there let's pray more than we speak many times we talk we teach and we speak about it but then God expects us to pray more than anything we do you know I'm sure you know God is working in our lives to get into the realm of prayer and intercession he's going to you know he's going to lift us up and he's going to drop that spirit of prayer in our lives and I'm I believe I'm sure we are going to see that with our own eyes not many days from now God is pouring out his prayer spirit of prayer upon every one of us and we will feel that we don't want to move from this place you know we will be energized to pray continuously at the feet of God and God will God is going to do that the early church was a growing church because it was also a praying church. Amen.